I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 1 Kings chapter 22 and the passage which parallels it, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. In 1 Kings chapter 22 verse 1 and 2 Chronicles chapter 18 verse 1, we see that if you're going into battle, you better consult a prophet. Verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 22. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours? And we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides, that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither Micaiah the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes and a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, made him horns of iron, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied, so saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper. For the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto Micaiah, Shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. 
And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth, and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah the son of Kenanah went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into a chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah, carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. Well, that's certainly an interesting story there. Now let's go over and see what was written to the exiles who returned to Israel in 535 B.C. in the Second Chronicles chapter 18 account, verse 1. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. And after certain years he went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance, and for the people that he had with him, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth-Gilead. And Ahab king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat king of Judah, Wilt thou go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? And he answered him, I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, and we will be with thee in the war." And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Therefore the king of Israel gathered together of prophets four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. The same is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. And the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, Fetch quickly Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat king of Judah sat either of them on his throne, clothed in their robes, and they sat in a void place at the entering in of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah the son of Kenanah had made him horns of iron, and said, Thus saith the Lord, With these thou shalt push Syria until they be consumed." And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spake to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. And when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And he said, 
go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return therefore every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would not prophesy good unto me but evil? Again he said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one spake, saying after this manner, and another saying after that manner. Then there came out a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil against thee. Then Zedekiah the son of Canaanah came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek and said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. Then the king of Israel said, Take ye Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son. And say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction, until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, all ye people. Well, here's Jehoshaphat, the good king of Judah. And that's according to Second Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 19. He has a massive army, and so who does he hang with? Jezebel's husband Ahab, king of Israel. He's a man who held the record for wickedness in his day, according to 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33. Ahab decides he wants to go to battle with Syria to take back Ramoth and Gilead and ask for Jehoshaphat's help. According to the Jewish historian Josephus, King Amri of Israel, recorded in 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 21 through 28, he'd lost it to the Assyrians. It had been one of Israel's cities of refuge in Gad on the east side of the Jordan, according to Joshua chapter 20 and 21. And Ahab, he wants it back. So Jehoshaphat tells Ahab, call in the prophets so we can get some success probabilities. If you're a prophet in Israel under Ahab, you better give just good prophecies or Ahab will, well, he'll land you in prison. They're sitting on their thrones listening to Ahab's yes-men prophets when Jehoshaphat gets a little suspicious of these glowing identical prophecies. One even shows up with props in Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 10 to illustrate his positive scenario prophecy. Jehoshaphat queries Ahab, Wonder why all these prophets agree? You got anybody else? Actually, Jehoshaphat asks specifically, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? Well, here's the deal. Ahab didn't ordinarily keep a troop of prophets who were Jehovah prophets. 
Ahab liked prophets who were loyal to his double-calf religion, the religion of the northern kingdom. So Jehoshaphat wonders if there's at least one prophet of the Lord, I mean of Jehovah or Yahweh, however you wish to pronounce it, available for questioning. Well, as a matter of fact, Ahab does have one, and he keeps him housed in prison. Well, that, that sort of figures, doesn't it? Listen to the description Ahab gives for his Jehovah-loyal prophet to Jehoshaphat. He says, But I hate him, for he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. Jehoshaphat's reply to Ahab is interesting here in Second Chronicles 18.7. He says, Let not the king say so. In other words, Hey, Ahab, don't, don't talk like that. Well, after 400 false prophets say, Go for it, the guy in charge of fetching Micaiah, the real prophet from the Lord from prison, warns Micaiah that he should give a favorable prophecy to match that of the 400 prophets which preceded him. When Micaiah shows up before Ahab and Jehoshaphat, he's asked by Ahab what he should do regarding the battle against the Syrians. Micaiah, with a lack of enthusiasm for being a yes-man, says something like, Yeah, 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 go for it. You'll be victorious. Ahab apparently senses some sarcasm or at least some insincerity in his voice and pursues him further, makes him pledge to tell the truth. Okay, Ahab, you ask for it. Micaiah then cuts loose on him with the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And he says, Ahab, you're going to die in battle. King Ahab's reply then to Jehoshaphat is, uh, see, I told you. Micaiah goes on to explain in great detail that the other prophets were evil and were sent to intentionally deceive him into believing he would be victorious in battle. Then one of those false prophets, Zedekiah, goes over and smacks Micaiah and subsequently taunts Micaiah by saying, in essence, in Second Chronicles 18.23, Hey, prophet, I bet you didn't see that one coming. Micaiah simply retorts, You're going to see the day when you'll go into hiding over this episode. So is Ahab grateful for an honest prophet from the Lord? Nah. It's back to prisoner for you, Micaiah, until I return from battle. And then Micaiah cleverly replies in Second Chronicles 18.27. He says, If thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. In other words, Ahab, you won't be coming back. Now let me add a little bit about uh, Micaiah's prophecy. It's in a yellow box on the right side of the screen On if you're looking at the written notes for BibleTrack.org for today. When Micaiah explains what he saw taking place in heaven, he went into some great detail here. He saw the Lord, being Yahweh, sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. So who were these hosts of heaven? Well, undoubtedly, they were the sons of God of Job chapter 1, verse 6. Elijah had already prophesied to Ahab that he would die in 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 17 and 29. This planning meeting in heaven was simply to devise the way to carry out the prophecy, and these lying prophets turned out to be part of that plan. Now, here's what's interesting. I mean, the good King Jehoshaphat of the southern kingdom. Even with all of this unfolding before Jehoshaphat's eyes, Ahab manages to get Jehoshaphat to pitch in to do battle against Syria. Remarkable. Jehoshaphat, as I mentioned, was the good king of Judah, but he makes a very bad decision here to work with Ahab. 
It makes you wonder what was going through Jehoshaphat's mind. He listened to the prophecy of the good prophet Micaiah and makes a decision to participate anyway. I mean, just remarkable. By the way, we see another prophet show up to speak with Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 19 with an addendum to this story. His own prophet Jehu delivers the message from God and says, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. So Jehoshaphat didn't come out unscathed on this one. Well, of course, I mean, Ahab dies in battle. We see now in 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 29 to 40, and 2 Chronicles chapter 18, verses 28 to 34. 1 Kings 22, verse 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. But put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand, and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians, and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of this chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his own country. So the king died, and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according to the word of the Lord which he spake. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, and the ivory house which he made, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah his son reigned in his stead. Now the shorter version over in Second Chronicles chapter 18 because the exiles weren't very interested in knowing the history of Ahab of the northern kingdom. They're more interested in uh, the southern kingdom, and that would be King Jehoshaphat. Verse 28, So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and will go to the battle, but put thou on thy robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went to the battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots that were with him, saying, Fight ye not with small or great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they compassed him about to fight. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him, and God moved them to depart from him. For it came to pass that when the captains of the chariot perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore he said to his chariot man, 
turn thine hand that thou mayest carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, howbeit the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even, and about the time of the sun going down, he died. Now, before we get into the discussion of these two passages right here, let's let's make a note here. Uh, Ahab doesn't even get mentioned by name in the Second Chronicles uh, rendition of the story here. He's just called the king of Israel. As I said, the exiles were more interested in their kings, the kings of Judah. And uh, we have the king Ahab not really uh, given much attention in the Second Chronicles uh, portion of Scripture at all. Sirius king had instructed his officers regarding their battle against Israel. They said, don't, don't get distracted. Focus only on getting King Ahab. Well, Ahab takes a cowardly approach to this battle, dresses up like a regular soldier rather than the king of Israel. So when the Syrians see King Jehoshaphat in the battle, they mistakenly identify him as Ahab and take off after him before they realize he's not the right king. Of course, that's after Jehoshaphat cries out to God for help. Then a quirky thing happens. A Syrian soldier shoots an arrow at random and hits Ahab. Didn't even know he was shooting at the king of Israel. Ahab just couldn't catch a break that day. Boom, he's dead by sunset. Didn't even have his king uniform on. Looks as though Micaiah was right. We don't know what happened to Micaiah after that, but I'm guessing it wasn't good. Prophets were often held accountable for bad events as though they were responsible somehow for their cause. It's like blaming the weatherman for a hurricane. Oh, but wait. There's more about this passage worth noting in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 38. It says, And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according to the word of the Lord which he spake. Well, that's a fulfillment of Elijah's prophecy back in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 19, after Naboth was framed and executed. Here's what he said. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. How's that for a prophecy? Jehoshaphat, then, we read about him in 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 41 through 50. He's a good man, but he had a couple shortcomings. Verse 41. And Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, began to reign over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. And Jehoshaphat was thirty and five years old when he began to reign. And he reigned twenty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shelhi. And he walked in all the ways of Asa, his father. He turned not aside from it, doing that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for the people offered and burned incense yet in the high places. And Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And the remnant of the Sodomites, which remained in the days of his father Asa, he took out of the land. There was then no king in Edom, a deputy was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not, for the ships were broken at Ezion-Geber. Then said Ahaziah the son of Ahab unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships, but Jehoshaphat would not. 
And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David his father. And Jehoram his son reigned in his stead. He was the king of Judah, and he was a good king before God. He continued on just like his dad in getting rid of the remnant of the male prostitutes in the land. He made a couple of bad moves, though. First, he formed an alliance with evil Ahab, and his second bad move is that he didn't insist that all the high places be torn down in Judah. These were the altars to the false gods. He didn't worship them himself, but he didn't get rid of these altars out of Judah. After losing his fleet of ships, he declined to strike up another commercial venture with Ahab's son, Ahaziah. We see that in verses 47 through 49. Jehoshaphat dies, and Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead after that. Now, we get two more chapters of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles in chapters 19 and 20, which we'll be looking at in our next reading. Now, there's a yellow box there summarizing the king number four of Judah, Jehoshaphat, who reigned from 873 to 848 B.C., shows you what he did good and what he did bad. Now, Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, we're going to talk about him for a moment in 1 Kings chapter 22, just three verses, verses 51 through 53 in this chapter. Verse 51. And Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and in the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel, according to all that his father had done." No, I'm afraid Ahaziah was no better than his dad Ahab. Verse 53 summarizes his life and says, For he served Baal and worshipped him, and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel, according to all that his father had done. So then we have another summary in the yellow box provided on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for king number 8 of Israel, Ahaziah, from 853 to 852 B.C., just two years. The good, well, there was no good. He was all evil. But then the bad. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker. 